Hello again, and welcome. Welcome to the Selling on eBay radio show. We're here to save you money, to increase your sales, and to have fun. Yeah, fun. The lines are open for your calls and texts. 1-833-EBAY-723. That's 1-833-322-9723. This is Fake Announcer Guy saying here's Philip and Sherry. So that's uh, Sherry Smith and Philip Jackson with you for the Selling on eBay radio show, here to make your eBay business a little bit uh, more exciting and maybe more profitable at the same time. Sherry is a full-time eBay seller based over in Colorado, runs a significant uh, consignment selling business. And uh, she tells me that... uh, in London, the weather, following some celebrations the other night, uh, following a $5,000 sale. So I uh, hope she, she's recovered in time to join us today. And Philip takes a genuine interest in user manuals and technology. This comes in handy with his arbitrage eBay business, buying items listed poorly and untested so he can spruce them up and list them right, selling high-end audio equipment to businesses. There you go. That's what we do. If you want to find out more about our show stores, uh, you can do that at the website. That's sell, sell, sell dot online because we won't uh, dwell on that too much during the show. Instead, we're going to get, bring you some uh, lots of goings on in the world of eBay this week. Coming up, we have. Are you an outlaw listing things and selling things on auction on eBay? Nor to you if you are. There's uh, some stuff happening there. Also, hello, what's going on here? I, did they change the returns flow on eBay? I suspect with the possible objective of uh, boosting uh, eBay sales of return labels. We'll talk about that. And authentication, what is the next category? Ah, we have our spies in San Jose. Also changing is how your buyers view your feedback. Is that good or bad for sellers? We'll let you know. And did the shipping war just step it up a notch? Mm -hmm. And on the shipping subject, uh, Sherry's got a response to the problem of inflated shipping supplies costs. That's... uh, a pun uh, from the Lee Marable call, uh, course of uh, <laughs> bad teases. Anyway, there we are. And that's uh, that's the, what's coming up in this week's show. Oh, let's get on with the, uh, the eBay news here. Sherry, what have we got? Well, the returns flow has changed. So the label cost that for that return label isn't shown at the start. Where can you find it, Philip? Can you not find it until the end after well, they've shipped it back and it's as delivered? I recall, if you under the old flow, and this maybe they're testing it with me. I noticed this the other day. It may not be out with everybody at this point, but when someone starts a return, it says you know so and so wants to return their item. It's been automatically approved, which is annoyance in itself, but we won't get stuck on that. Um, and it says, do you want do you want to use an eBay label? <clears throat> or provide one yourself. Now, it used to be the case, they would say an eBay label will cost you $8.80 or whatever it is. And then you could figure out what was the best option. Do you want to use their label, which gets really expensive if it's like like a lazy boy chair or something, um, or supply one yourself. And that was presented to you up front. But it now asks you the question as to whose label you want to use before they share with you the cost of the eBay label. They now, must be doing this with me, too, because they are not showing me either. And someone's returning a set of golf clubs. 
I don't think it's I think you can wriggle out of it at the next at the next screen if you do say I'm going to supply my own label or if you say I'm going to use an eBay label and then they'll tell you the cost at least with me it didn't it didn't force me at that point to buy the label but I do have my system set up to require that I provide an RMA number before uh. any return is is actually processed and that would be something i would recommend to you strongly even if frankly like me you're small enough you don't get that many returns you know what they all are but if you tell ebay it's, it's hidden somewhere in the config that you want to specify an rma number before any label gets issued that puts the brakes on the process and allows you to take a a step back and figure out, well, should I communicate with the customer? Maybe they would want to keep it for a discount. Maybe there's something else I can do to fix the problem. Um, maybe I can look at the cost of a label from somewhere else. And we talk a lot about using pirate ship for sort of larger items. So it, it's, I think, perhaps to, to try and steer you a bit more towards using the eBay label, which will, of course, be USPS Priority Mail, because that's the only option they offer. Uh, and to make it a little harder for you to shop around on that. Uh, but at least if you turn that option on, at least in my experience, um, it doesn't force you to do it. It just makes it a little bit more difficult. Well, I think I'm going to do that because I do not require an RMA and therefore eBay automatically provided the label for the buyer. And I haven't, I, even though the golf clubs were delivered, when I went to look it up, I don't see a cost yet for what that label cost me i am looking mm -hmm. forward to that right. bad news well if you could find out where that option is i've forgotten where it is but uh, we'll uh, we'll bring that next time uh yes. guide you through to that one a little bit also in the news again sticking with the shipping subject here and this doesn't sound very exciting but might be the tip of a reasonably big iceberg and this is the folks at shippo which is one of those third-party shipping applications have now added fedex so if you are a Shippo user, your interface will tell you the price by USPS, UPS, and FedEx. And it's relatively unusual that you get that trifecta of options. And a lot of the shipping companies don't collaborate with um, sales channels that really allow users to cherry pick the best rates according to the weight, distance, sizes, that kind of stuff. So it sounds like FedEx has relaxed that don't promote price competition rule. I think they're getting their lunch eaten by UPS, who are being much more aggressive after going after residential business and smaller sellers. And whilst you may not be using Shippo right now, but if they're offering that to Shippo, you could probably speculate that the account managers dealing with Pirate Ship and eBay and all the other platforms have also got a negotiating brief to try and get this in uh, to those channels. So I would say watch this space. I think we may be seeing the much long-awaited actual genuine direct price competition between FedEx and UPS that we don't have right now on uh, on eBay. You can you can kind of ship one or the other, but it's not really you know easy to compare one against the other. And I think that may you may be able to see we'll sort the item by the cheapest option given the weight and dimensions and it'll come up with the best price that's what i'm hoping for anyway yes that would be nice to have that automatically show the buyer the lowest shipping price 
So we'll uh, keep an eye on that one for you. Yes. And I found an interesting article on LinkedIn by Jamie Iannone that was in Fortune magazine in December. And he is just writing about how much eBay is talking to Congress about that Americans are trying to support themselves by selling some things on eBay. And even if they're not serious sellers or they're just recycling their goods, because although he says he supported the American Rescue Plan Act of 2021, Congress snuck in this last minute thing, which is that $600 threshold Mm. for the 1099K. So not only did eBay have the win of fighting to the point, you know, with the support of eBay sellers, sending their letters to Congress um, of putting that off for a year, but they're going to continue to fight against that. So, you know, we don't have to get a 1099K if you're selling $601. And that's, that's, that's the end of the universe as far as eBay is concerned. I think they they lose a lot of sleep over these all these 1099Ks that they would have to produce. Because I think they know that, well, for a start, there's going to be a bow wave of people calling eBay customer service. Why have I got this 1099? What's all this about? And also, it'll be a disincentive to people coming in at the, the consumer-to-consumer a selling end of things uh, because people are going to think, well, I'm going to start be charged tax on this stuff. I don't want to do that. I'd rather just put it on Facebook. Um, so, you know, I, I think they see this as the beginning of the end um, and they are fighting really hard to try and get that overturned. Yes. Good article. That's in the Forbes Fortune magazine. I'm sure he wrote it himself, right? Yes. Probably a bit, sure. bit of a last minute crunch, probably pulled an all night on a Sunday night trying to get the work in by Monday morning, I expect. <laughs> That's right, just like me. Um, yeah, this was on uh, December 16th All right. in Fortune magazine. All right. Uh, what else we got here? Oh, I, I don't know whether you got um, uh, a flag uh, on the listing flow. There was something popped up. I think it might have been our friend Valerie that probably authored it, talking about how wonderfully improved it is. Have you noticed any recent improvements to the listings flow? Have I noticed any? It claimed things like uh, they they they've tried to simplify the the item specifics, which is a long suffering oh, yes, pain, yes. and some other things that were a bit more dubious. At least the the message I got. Okay, the item specifics I have absolutely noticed that they mm. figured them out for you. I know they've worked on this in the past, but they're doing a good job. Where based on your title and anything else you already have filled in it suggests item specifics and you could just say select all or just select the ones that are accurate and they are saving me time they're also really just showing you the item specifics you need to do you can expand it and fill in more but it's helping to not get you all bogged down with item specifics i think that's the biggest change that i've noticed and that's our friend artificial intelligence doing his thing i think well, he's doing a pretty good job. He's getting kind of smart. Because mm-hmm. they ran a competition. Every year they run a competition for, I think, people at university doing computer studies, that sort of thing, um, where they set them a sort of AI or big data type challenge to try and solve in their little teams. And I think this year this was the challenge they set, saying here's like 10 bazillion item titles. How would you go build a computer system to pull out from this just massive data that is totally unstructured. How would you pull out 
um, item specifics that follow this particular mapping, um, go figure it out. And um, someone won with that. I don't know whether they gets the right to use their their, their programming or not. But uh, so it's obviously important to them, and it's an example, if you like, of of real world AI. They would claim, I think. Yes, and I've been listing things faster this week. I really yeah. have felt pretty productive as a result of that. I still prefer the old system because I kind of could see what the options were, but there we are. It's of not going to come back for my benefit, I don't think. You're, you're big on the details, there for you sure. Go. All right. Um, also, now, here's something that, depending where you are, might be significant, and it, it sounds like the state lawmakers are shining a bright light at the whole business of running auctions online. And uh, I, I think the uh, the auction professor, who does a, um, a YouTube stream, had a quite a good uh, coverage of, of this thing, because he's in Ohio, which is one of the states that's really going after this. And you, you may have seen articles and stuff. People are saying, well, you know, with all this eBay auctions and now with this upcoming eBay Live where you host a, like a mini QVC from your basement or right. um, whatnot and all this other stuff, the, the, the auction thing is starting to take off again in, in a different way. Now, what's the difference between, you know, some guy with a hammer in a hall selling off some antique furniture and some guy with a camera in his basement selling off antique kids games or whatever it is there's not a lot of difference so the same just surely the rules should apply irrespective of how the visual is conveyed to the the bidder and some of these states are now saying well you can't sell on an online auction without auctioneer's license because what's the difference and the way getting auctioneer's license is a bunch of work and a bunch of money of course to said people from the state who think it should now be imposed so it's a bit of a money grab, but it's a big deal if your state is coming after you and planning to shut down your business for not complying with those particular laws. And this all seems to have kicked off in the last month, I think. So I haven't seen anything from eBay. I guess the Main Street people will be the ones that handle this uh, with any particular eBay response, but I'm guessing it's on someone's desk right now burning a big hole. So yes, they really have their hands full eBay Main Street. If you know more than we do, which wouldn't be that difficult, uh, feel <laughs> free to get in touch. Uh, we have a little phone number. You can leave us a voicemail or just send us a text. That's uh, 1-833-EBAY-723. That's 833-EBAY-723 to get in touch. We'd love to hear from you if you have any thoughts on that one. And just on the subject of some sort of changes and stuff, Sherry, it looks like uh, feedback presentation is uh, going through changes yet again. Yes, yeah, so if you're looking at somebody's item and then you click on the seller's feedback, it doesn't take you to that feedback page that has all that information. It It's just a very simplified view showing their username, uh, what percent positive feedback they have, how many items they've sold, and then the top three or the most recent three feedback that they've received and then there's a link to visit their profile or contact them, and then a bubble where you can see all feedback. So it's a, a much cleaner, simpler view. What I also found interesting is below that, if you just scroll down a little bit, it the first thing it shows you is cross-promoted items that are influenced by recent sponsored views. So these are sponsored items, but you've been looking at 
similar things like this. And the next row, I find more interesting, sponsored items from top-rated sellers. So there's top-rated sellers getting a boost. Who are willing to pay pay the price. I don't think they're getting anything for free. I as think long as they're sponsoring as items. As long as but they're ponying up the money, they'll be in that box. Yeah, but they're still getting their own little row there. Those, those got, uh, things you might be interested in boxes are proliferating everywhere. And the, I would say more than 90% of the page now is probably devoted to some kind of uh, paid placement product. The uh, the actual, you know, organic part of the page has been sort of reduced to almost nothing at this point. Yeah, well, I've, I've noticed that on, on Google as well. Mm-hmm. When I cleaned my cache or whatever you call it on Chrome because I was having trouble printing a shipping label. So that's one of the things oh. that eBay walks you through as oh, a potential okay. reason. I was having some problems. I should have tried that. Yeah, yeah, give it a try. However, it didn't work in my case. But what it did do is now when I, I my things that I normally go to, my websites aren't coming up automatically. When I type in the name of the company, I see all these sponsored ads. And I know I'm talking about Google and not eBay right now, but it seems to be, I, I'm just like, I typed in exactly Bank of America, and it's at the bottom of the page, the thing I actually need to get to. Mm-hmm. Anyway, back to eBay. I think it's, I, I looked at it, I thought it's nice and clean, certainly, and, I, mm-hmm. and the, 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 the whole feedback proper page is kind of a lot of jumbled numbers. I can see why they might think, well, people aren't going to bother trying to pick the bones out of that. And I think it's probably the stores team are looking at it from the point of view of trying to help sellers create buyer trust, I think, by more clearly articulating, for example, how many items they've sold in their lifetime on eBay, things like that. They're trying to establish some track record and more clearly articulate um, you know, whether, whether people are, uh, do well um, in the eyes of their buyers. So I think that's the name of the game. I, don't, I think I have a problem with what they're doing. I mean, you can click and get the old data if you want, but if anyone gets into that level of detail, uh, they're probably in the point oh one percent at that point. People like me, <laughs> probably go off yeah. that sort of stuff. All right, uh, moving on with more news. Uh, just the last one here. Um, uh, yes, we have our spies uh, in San Jose, and it sounds like uh, eBay has got the green light to fire up another uh, authentication operation. Uh, they're working now on authenticating apparel. I'm not exactly sure whether it be a certain list of brands or a certain price point where that kicks in, um, but they have got the green light to fund and set up a authentication hub for apparel in the New York area. And uh, I'm not quite sure what the live go-live date is, but that will uh, kick in in due course. There'll be, there'll be some sort of uh, selection as to whether or not it goes off there and uh, adds to the drive towards trying to make money out of stuff where, uh, you know, that high level of trust justifies a higher level of commission. That's what's going on. Surprise, surprise. That is, that's exciting. I, I'm go. glad they're investing. Can't say in I'm too excited, apparel. but that's not category I'm operating in. But uh, yes, if you've got some high end consignment gear, nice fancy stuff, this could be the way to uh, big ticket sales. Yes. All right. Uh, we'll come back and talk about eBay layoffs right after this. Do you have an eBay listing that isn't selling? Philip and Sherry want to help. They'll each make a couple of suggestions for things to change or try to get your sales moving. Just send us your item number and we'll get to work. www.sellsellsell.online What do you have to lose? Experts are standing by. 
That's www.sellsellsell.online. All right, the Selling on eBay radio show. Philip and Sherry with you, helping you run your eBay business, maybe making it a bit more profitable in the, in the, uh, the process if we can. And uh, you probably saw this week also eBay announced like 500 layoffs. So that's maybe, what, 4 to 5% of their total. Not a massive percentage, but certainly in line with a lot of the other high-tech companies. Um, you know, suspiciously, they've got an earnings call coming out the 22nd of this month. So... Maybe that's not looking too good, and they want to be seen to be getting ahead of what might be a bit of a cash crunch. You never know. Um, anyway, I was uh, trying to figure out what this means for us as sellers, and is there any further information on what's going on? So I was trawling around, you know, all those uh, websites where the people concerned kind of share inside scoops as to what's happening. <laughs> there was very little consistent information. Actually, not a whole lot of traffic on it. Um, it doesn't sound like... I mean, the, the modes of operation of these things are either whole departments go or a layer of middle management goes or it's last in, first out, or it's a salami slice where everybody takes 5% out of every group. I mean, those are the sort of basic models. And I couldn't really see any of them applying in, in a pure form based upon all the comments that people were posting. It sounds like it's a mixture of levels. It sounds like some senior people are out, some working level people are out, some people on visas. Um, it, it isn't clear as yet. But I think what tends to happen, uh, you know, I've experienced this, you know, from, from the other side. Anytime you get something like that and you're working on a project, let's say you're the project manager who's got the objective of developing the, the multi-user account access, whatever it's called, and you've, you've got three or four more use cases in the, in the pipeline to develop. Anytime there's a headcount reduction, it's your goal, it's your ticket to go away and renegotiate all your deadlines because, oh, by the way, you know, so-and-so was working on that for us and now we've got to replace that or refarm the work out to somebody else. So it tends to be a bit of a, a free-for-all, everybody trying to renegotiate all their, their project deadlines and reset their annual bonus thresholds to a different a different date. So um, I don't think necessarily it's going to mean that the phones don't get answered. But I think if there is stuff that they're working on that affects us, um, then timelines probably go out. But given that most of what they're working on is is their focus categories, which I don't know about you, but it doesn't bother me too much, uh, I'm not expecting to see a massive a massive impact, if I'm honest. But who knows? And obviously, it's, it's sad with the folks concerned. But, you know, people seem to leave eBay and get a job right across the street pretty quickly. I mean, they are sought after in that particular field. So I don't think they'll be doing too badly. But yeah. there you go. Okay. Um, now, I just want to return to something we talked about the other day. And I'm not sure how much progress we've made because we were talking about ways of archiving listings that would allow you to keep them running for, let's say, a period of months, maybe even from year to year, like if you have Christmas stock and you want to park it somewhere and then pick it up next November or whatever. And, and right. you, you said, Terry, you go off and try and see whether the inventory feature, which I don't think I've ever used, uh, is, is maybe a way of doing that. Did you get any any progress from eBay on that? Not a ton. Uh -oh. I have So when I hover on listings from seller hub and go to there's inventory is the second thing on the list mm. that on the drop down and when i go to that it shows me three inventory items i made when i was experimenting with this when it first came out years ago and 
I could not find a way to create an inventory item. So I called eBay and the gal didn't know and she tried finding, you know, uh, information about it on eBay's help pages. And what I am figuring that I, what I think is happening is the inventory feature is almost like archived. Like if you have mm -hmm. something there, it shows them to you because when I try to do anything with it, the only thing I can do is create a template. So I can create templates and on the left, it, there's a choice for listing templates, which is a different section, but that's where it's taking you. And I have, you know, a hand like 15 listing templates that I've created. Those are still available. That used to be through sell, uh, seller selling manager pro. And now you get it as part of seller hub. But uh, anyway, I think the templates thing is still alive, but I think the inventory thing isn't. And I'll tell you on my other eBay site where I never created any inventory items, hmm. it doesn't show as an option in anywhere in seller hub at all. Hmm. So we, we didn't really get to the bottom of that <laughs> one, but if, if you're listening and you think, well, I, I use inventory all the time. It's a really good tool. No one knows about it. This is how you make it work. This is what it does. It's perfectly safe or it's dangerous, whatever your thoughts are. Uh, do get in touch. Uh, you can uh, email us or otherwise contact us through our little website, which is sell, sell, sell dot online. That's sell, sell, sell dot online. Particularly if you have any thoughts on uh, the eBay inventory feature and you can explain it to us because it's obviously confused us. All right, we're moving along. Um, oh, this is kind of just something I've been kind of working on in the background. I haven't got to a report stage yet, but it's our. our, our Sherry's fan club's in the house. I'll keep them quiet for a moment. Um, also here, the um, uh, the idea about uh, cleaning up photographs is something that intrigues me because I'd like to try and do a better job of handling this automatically. And I've been looking at this remove.bg, which is another of our uh, uh, AI friends, uh, as a way of, of intelligently fixing backgrounds on photographs. Obviously, eBay and common sense says you want to make them white. Um, and it's actually very impressive. I did a test where I photographed an item that was in a white cardboard box, took it against a white background, and to be honest, the exposure wasn't brilliant because the white box kind of bled into the background on certain edges. And the remove.bg little test app I was using totally realized it was a box, knew full well that where the line around the edge of the box disappeared because it kind of bled into the background, it was the same light value, it created a line there of its own decision, and, and it figured out that the, the line belonged there, and it perfectly pulled out what would have been a really difficult manual edit in Photoshop in, in a couple of seconds. So this has got me interested, because I think this could be the way to go. I mean, who wants to mess around editing photos if the machine would do it perfectly every time? So I'm working on that, and I the thing is that the remove the back the, the remove.bg the little app they, they give you doesn't access anything like the full range of capabilities 
of the actual uh, API, if you look at the documentation, there's a bunch of stuff there that isn't accessible via the tool. But if you can figure out a way of sending the information directly to the program and bypassing the thing that they, they have you use, I think you could probably totally automate the image cleanup workflow. Anyway, that's what I'm toying around with. But I was going to ask if you've had a, a similar thought process and had any experience or did one of the other things of a similar nature that allows you to, you know, more or less automate the workflow between coming in from your camera and posting it into the listing with, with near perfect results. Hey, get in touch because uh, that would be interesting to compare notes, right? So again, we're at sellsellsell.online. Be good to hear from you. And that's to do with um, uh, using AI to clean up backgrounds in some kind of batch or automated process uh, rather than doing it manually. Okay, let's move on. And oh, yes, uh, Sherry's got a new toy. Yes, yes. <clears throat> I, I, I'll never be able to use it myself because my nieces enjoy doing it too much. So what you got? What you bought? I got a bubble making machine making bubble wrap and i think when you told me that i said did you win the lottery because those things last time i looked at it were awesomely expensive oh well it was 337 dollars. well that's significantly cheaper from the the ones that when i last looked at it which must have been a few years ago the 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 mini packer whatever it was called was i think 1500 bucks <laughs> I think each roll yeah. was like 300 bucks. That's you like know. when the VCRs first came yes. out, they were $1,500. But they stay, and I, I did win a couple at an auction. They're sitting in a death pile somewhere. And I, it, it started flashing up sort of various engineering error codes and things. And I thought, oh, goodness, I've got to figure out what's going on with this. And it sort of ended up moved house, and it, it's somewhere in a box somewhere. But it, I, will, I will find it. But yours sounds like it's a, it's a bargain, right? Oh, my gosh. And I've convinced myself to do it because, A, I have a ton of pottery and dishes, things that are high value. So I just couldn't say no to them. So I'm going through bubble wrap like crazy. And it's $172 for 750 feet of 16 inch wide, half inch bubble wrap. Mm -hmm. You know, the big bubbles. Right. So that's the, the sort of super protecting couple of layers of that and you're golden, right? Yeah. can drop it eight feet as it will be when it's uh, chipped. So I really did a lot of research. There's one called Happy Pack. <laughs> I, I passed on that one. And I actually was reading uh, the reviews by users. And with some of them, they were saying it was hard to set up and there was no customer service and I couldn't get a hold of anyone. But the one I bought was is called Print Finish. And I got it because it looked exactly like the other ones, but it said you can get a hold of customer service with the company. And actually the comments said it took a little bit, there was a little bit of a learning curve. So I did what I do when there's a learning curve, uh, setting something up and I waited until my nieces were over. The oldest just turned 12 and she was very excited to set up <laughs> this machine. It took about 10 minutes to screw in the the leads and the little stand support and then and are you now locked in to one vendor in terms of the film the raw bubble material or can you go out and shop on amazon and pick up any any type that you like the price of and load it into your machine 
maybe not just any kind, but you're not tied into their brand because their brand of film was about 80 something dollars for 950 feet and it's 13 inches wide. And I got a non-branded film, not their brand, for $50 for 950 feet, 13 inches wide. And literally it was rolling, creating bubble wrap within Mm -hmm. minutes Mm -hmm. of screwing in all, you know, just the little parts. It is so easy to use. I I mean, I don't even know what they were talking about. The person who left a review saying it, there's a learning curve. There was no learning curve. Hmm. I'm so excited about it. I feel like I'm printing money. Now, from my limited previous experience of these things, there are various parameters that in theory get set, whether it's automatically or by you, in terms of how, how fast it blows up, how fast the thing moves through the machine, the temperature, yes. the, the heater, and all this other stuff, which once you get them dialed in, it works, but might take some experimentation to get a nice fully inflated, not molten, you know, mess of plastic and whatever. Did you find that easy to get it all set up? Did you just go with the default settings and it worked okay? Actually, I, I'm, you're reminding me of what we actually did was after we screwed the things in, we pulled up a YouTube video uh-huh. within less than a minute and just watched every move on that. And he set the left uh, button to five and the right one to nine. So one of them is probably heat. The other is probably speed. Yeah. We just did what he said to do. Okay. And it works perfectly. Wow. The other thing that I think, uh, judging by some stuff that comes into me that's obviously been packed with these, you know, blow your own wrapping materials, is that it they look like they deflate over time faster than your regular bubble wrap. Is that something oh, you, I think hope you might not. run into? Oh, well, I'll let you know mm-hmm. because we cranked out so much because my nieces were begging me that we added a roll to my bar that I have hanging from the mm-hmm. ceiling in my unfinished basement. And we rolled it Your on there. <laughs> yeah, in my, my sweatshop that is kept nice and air conditioned. We rolled, you know, a couple rolls pretty thick. So I'll let you know how well yes. it holds up. Because... One of the things that would concern me if that happens is I like to prepack my stuff. I like everything in the box ready to go, so I'm not doing that when the order comes in. But my stock turn is slow because I charge a lot. Uh, so the rate of deflation of, of inflated material is a concern. That you know it's nice and snug when I pack it. 100, 200 days later. Is that going to be the the same case? That's yeah. If if this deflates, it's a failure. Mm-hmm. Because you know the it depends on the quality, I guess, of the material, how thick it is, whether it's multi layer and all this other stuff. So there's a there's 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 a lot of technology and bits of plastic that you perhaps didn't wouldn't realize at first glance. Yes. No. I did get it. It said this film was a good quality. Mm-hmm. So I did get the higher quality film. I I forget what they call it. And I thought I made a note about, let me just see. So while you're looking at that up, let's just recap okay. on the numbers. It, so the, the machine itself was less than 350? Yes. 
And depending on what type and brand of plastic film you're using, the best part of a thousand feet, which is a lot, um, change out of 50 bucks. Are you saying that I'm... Uh, for the material. Right, it's $50, 50 for that thousand, for thousand for, feet. Yeah. Now that is a lot cheaper, even discounting, you know, shipping of, of bubble wrap, which is more expensive than bubble wrap itself. Uh, that's cheaper than, a lot cheaper than just going and buying the bubble wrap. Yeah, it is. I figured out that I was saving about $50 every time for every role that I'm creating. Mm -hmm. um, it'll take me a little while to recoup the money for the machine. But, I mean, as long as it keeps working. Plus your whole garage isn't it. full up with reels of bubble wrap like mine is. Yeah, and I can't store the amount of bubble wrap I would have had to buy to even get the better price that still was more expensive mm -hmm. than this. Mm -hmm. Okay, I found that this film that I got is LDPE plastic okay. as opposed to HDPE mm -hmm. film. Means it's a stretchy I don't know what type. that means, so I'll leave it there. But it's the, and it's 32 UM thickness. Micrometers. Oh, okay. So um, you want to get good quality film. Sorry, and it's been tested by my nieces jumping on it. Okay, well, that's obviously the the... the, the <laughs> the consumer test we want. Yes, exactly. All right, very it, good. It didn't okay. Pop. So it has your seal of approval. We'll obviously put it in a yes. longer, put it in that longer term test hopper, and uh, see in a few weeks, a month's time, whether you still endorse it. But that's interesting. That's right. I'll keep you posted. But that's a total change in economics because to get a thousand feet of material for fifty bucks is is a game changer, really. I think. Now, I presume that's Chinese suppliers coming in and shipping it in direct rather than going via value added channels and stuff but that's that's good and even if it does go down a little bit you could put just put more in more around the item because you know you can afford to exactly and i i i really need to have a ton of this bubble wrap around it so now i don't have to feel like i need to be stingy and then risk things breaking all right okay well thank you for doing that and uh, keep us posted um, i'm excited I by this i like my gadgets and stuff i'm thinking of buying one <laughs> It's pretty fun. I, I mean, yes, already. I'll never get, no, I'll never get to use it because my nieces enjoy it too much, but it's definitely fun. All right, very good. Okay, uh, stuff uh, coming up in the next uh, few days. Uh, I was listening to the competition, Sherry. Can you believe that? Um, oh, the really? List Perfectly podcast, fine, fine uh, outlets, definitely recommended. Uh, they were talking about uh, their announcement of an event for sellers. And I think I'll bring this to you because it's, uh, you know, I, th I like seller events and uh, you never know, might be of interest. Apparently, they will be holding, the List Perfectly people will be holding a seller event that they're hosting. I think it's the 27th and 28th of June in Phoenix. Sounds like the hotel's right next to the airport, so you wouldn't need to rent a car. And it's a sort of two-day event. Um and obviously, they're going to try and talk about their particular product. Fair enough. But my guess is they'll have speakers that cover wider wider issues. So that might be a fun way of meeting other sellers. I haven't decided whether I'm going to put in for a place yet. But, uh, you know, it might be of interest. Spent a couple of days in Phoenix. Haven't been there in a while. Uh, I think they said, and I haven't double-checked this, and they're not announcing all the details until the 15th of February, uh, but I, I think they were talking about the ticket for the attendance at the event was about 
350 of memory serves, but that includes, I think, food and drink and maybe some partying, I suspect, as well. So, you know, I guess if you can if you can party hard, that might be good value. You never know. And it looked to me like the hotel was running, if you book ahead of time, like $115, $120 a night, just to give you some idea of where the budget's going to be on this one. And um, my guess is they'll have a few hundred people at least. So it might be fun. You never know. So that's uh, Phoenix, uh, 27th, 28th of uh, June. Did I say June? Um, and there you go. That's the list perfectly, folks. You can check out uh, their site. They've got a good podcast. I mean, obviously, we listen to their podcast because we steal all their ideas. We haven't had a new idea here in at least 12 months, for goodness sake. We just see what Doug does and copy him. That's where all, all our funny ideas come from. Uh, also, Sherry, we've got uh, an eBay seller event coming up soon, right? That's right. The next seller check-in is in March, on March 2nd. And that is 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern. They said something about networking rooms. So. Yes, we haven't seen the exact format, but I think it'll be an hour and a half of them talking at us. And then my guess is the final half hour is the networking rooms, unless they've kind of mix it up significantly. Yeah, and I think they might be doing some lightning rounds oh, with yeah. speakers sharing latest information for the And this is to, so. to try and make it more engaging, right? They're trying to get a bit more audience interaction with the main presentations rather than just yes. push all that off to some panel on the side of the screen that actually take live-ish super screen filtered yeah. questions. That's what it looks like, yeah. <laughs> yes. They're so risk-averse for anything might happen under the eBay brand they may not want to have recorded, but there we are. Uh, shouldn't really knock it. Anyway, so that's the um, uh, seller check-in, I think the 2nd of March, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern. And uh, we pitched in to do a, a, a networking room, didn't we? We haven't yeah, heard back, they... but you never know. We thought we might do it in the <laughs> style. Hopefully, they'll take us up on it. The style of this show, if they if they don't listen to it, if they listen, then we'll see. We'll probably get turned down. Not sure exactly what topic either yet. We haven't we haven't even begun that conversation. Uh, but there we are. So we'll maybe see you there. That'll be fun. That would be fun. All right, and also coming up, I think in just the next few days, if you're following the eBay cyber stalking case, and you might want to Google that if you haven't heard about that. Uh, then big deadline coming up 15th of February that's when they have to refile uh, their complaint in a more condensed and more appropriately tightened up format I think so that'll be a, a big news item on the day I suspect and that's about it for this week's edition of the Selling on eBay radio show do check us out on the web at sellsellsell.online this is Philip saying thank you very much and thank you for joining us oh hang on and this is fake announcer guy saying, see you next time. Fantastic. Yeah, don't forget him. <laughs>